Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Being able to get into a deep workflow is probably one of the most important skills. So in this course, I'm going to try and teach you every single thing I've learned about it recently. This course is for you if you're one of those dumbass students who leaves all your work up until one or two days before the deadline. Or maybe if you've started a business or you're in your career and you just don't seem to start doing the work and maybe if you find yourself working all day, and then it's nighttime, you check the time and you're just disappointed. You feel like you actually haven't made major progress in the day, but you have actually felt like you worked all day. If you're feeling stressed from the work or if you're feeling like you're not performing optimally, especially in the business and the career, you're competing against other people. Your ability to work and to get into this deep work mode literally determines your success. And finally, what I'm going to teach you in this course is going to change your life. If you're one of the people who start doing work, but then you get distracted because your environment is working against you, not for you. If you give me your full attention and you follow this course as best as you can, you're going to get some major benefits. The first one is that I'm going to walk you through my new goal setting process. And I haven't actually shown this process to anyone else, not even on YouTube or Skillshare or anything. So it's going to be like that you're part of the exclusive club who are seeing exactly how I've been been able to structure my new direction in life. You're going to accomplish more in 90 minutes of work than you usually do in an entire day. I know that this sounds like really, really fake and over the top. I promise you in 90 minutes, you're going to accomplish more than you normally do in an entire day. And the work that you do is going to be of such higher quality than normal. So this means that you're going to be producing like the most meaningful work. And this has some kind of philosophical benefit where you actually feel more fulfilled because you've been producing something that you're proud of. If you follow this course, you're going to be increasing your focus and your presence and your distractions are going to go down because finally we're going to make sure that your environment is actually setting you up for success. And finally, this course and the idea of deep work is not about working hard all day, every day. I'm not part of that hustle culture of oh, wake up at 5am and make sure you work all day, every day and don't speak to anyone, be, be lonely. I'm not doing that shit. The point of this course and the point of deep work in general is to prioritize the most important pieces of work and then the shallow work that isn't so important but it makes us feel a little bit busy we start to drastically reduce that and this has such a huge benefit because it literally means that your work time in your day is going to be severely reduced 
So you're going to have more time in your day for your friends, your family to actually unwind instead of always being in that work mode 24-7. Let's begin with a brief summary of exactly what deep work is, why we're here. Something that Tim Ferriss mentions in his book, The 4-Hour Work Week, a lot, is that we're now in this culture, this hustle culture of being busy all day, working all day. Oh, I'm, I'm checking my emails 200 times a day. It's like we're in this new culture of social media stunting, of wanting to be the person who works the longest hours. Hours. And you probably already know that that's not good for you. The idea behind deep work is that you focus on just a few very, very absolutely crucial tasks. You put all your effort into them for just a couple hours per day. And those are the things that after you spend 90 minutes on the most important task, you're going to feel like you've just had a major accomplishment. The point of deep work is to focus on those tasks and then to stop focusing almost entirely on the shallow tasks that we spend most of our time with. A lot of this is based on the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule roughly means that 20% of the random stuff that we do would give us 80% of the result that we want. And that's all that we care about. All we want to do is start focusing on this 20% of the most important tasks. And this 80% of tasks, the 80% of tasks that only give us a small amount of reward, we actually you want to almost entirely stop doing them and straight away this is now a limiting belief that comes into mind and you, you might think but wait because the 80% would still give us 20% of results so maybe we should keep it in because I'd rather get the 20% this is the mindset that I'm going to hope to destroy this is the any benefit mindset where you're thinking but there is some benefit to doing 10 hours of email checking every day and spending hours doing your logo and your business plan there is some benefit and that is true, there is some benefit, but you've got to think there is a huge sacrifice. The most ideal scenario is that you spend a couple hours on the 20%, the deep work tasks, and you spend almost the entire rest of the day unwinding, resting, having fun. And so you wake up tomorrow again, really focused for the 20% of tasks. So deep work is periods of undistracted, relentless focus on those 20% tasks. And you'll find out what those important tasks are for you when we talk about the goal setting. There's a study that I want to just quickly tell you the results of. Tim Ferriss mentioned this in a really old video of his. It was by King's College in London, UK. They tested participants either stoned so they smoked weed beforehand before completing some kind of task or by getting messages on their phone and getting messages on their phone was a bigger distraction than literally being high that's going to make your jaw drop because honestly most of the days i've ever worked in my life i've technically been worse than high because i've been you know doing the work and then just checking my phone because i'm bored quickly replying to a message thinking that it doesn't really cost you much because you know to reply to a message or an email literally takes a minute max a few seconds mostly what's really explained well in the book deep work by carl newport is that the seconds it takes to reply to a message is not the true consequence. It's actually like your brain's power, your brain's attention is diverted so much more than you believe. So imagine if I was on like 90% focus, really, you know, really doing bits. You'd imagine that I might have literally lost 1% of focus when I go and reply to a message. But actually, they've said that you lose about 15 to 17 minutes of your progress with literally every single notification that you check. Let's move on to the next section and set some goals. I highly suggest you follow me in this part of the course, even if you feel like you've already set your goals before because then you'll have a piece of paper exactly like mine the important mindset is to act like you've already got it you'll see the exact terms like the, the tense that i write in is that i am i already am you've got to visualize it like this and you'll you'll see why so with a new piece of paper write your purpose at the top just write whatever your purpose is because this is what your goals are going to be aimed towards you can see here's the top section of my goals where i've wrote my purpose then we're going to have alpha goals beta goals and lead measures and I'll break down what these are. Alpha goals are frame. This is like your identity goal. 
beta goals is the motivational goal. This is the thing that you look at and you can see the exact result that you would get from this. And finally, the lead measure is like the habits. So let's begin with the alpha goals. This is the identity that you have already. This is how we're going to write it, that we already have this identity. And this is the identity that's going to lead us to fulfill our purpose. So for example, you will write, I am a top grade student. Don't write, I will be. Don't write, I want to be. Write, I am a top grade student. We don't have enough time to want to change ourselves. You've got to already start to frame your identity as such if you're into the red pill you probably are because if you've been watching my stuff frame is so important and so the point of this alpha goal is to frame it like you already have the right identity i am a revolutionary youtuber i am a cult leader i am a life-changing self-improvement coach i am a life-changing writer write it like this stop believing it the point of this section is that you start really really believing this new identity of yours because then you framed yourself as such and then the entire world is going to enter your frame i can't stress how important this section is even if it might seem a little bit wishy-washy setting your identity clearly laying it out that you already are is so so important so next we've got the beta goals this is the motivation goals and for this we're going to follow the smart goal technique the point of this section of the beta goals is just to remind yourself why you're doing this grind essentially what the rewards would be for you at the end of the year so think about exactly what you want from the identity and from the goals that you're setting for yourself for example one of the ones i've got is amass an audience of fifty thousand. the reason why we're writing these down is to excite ourselves so when i see this amass an audience of fifty thousand, i think okay how nice would it be if i had 50,000 subscribers, I, I get a feeling of power and leadership and influence from that. Write your motivational beta goals down next to the alpha goals. And finally, we have the lead measures. This is just the habits that you're going to do to achieve the beta motivational goals. So for example, my beta goal was to amass an audience of 50,000. Well, now my lead measure is to produce two to four high quality videos per week. So for this lead measure, you can write what you'd produce, whether it's a video or the number of words or a nice and easy way. It's just how many hours per week you'll put into it how many hours of deep work you'll put into it and now your page should look similar to mine and that is so so powerful because your life plan is literally on one page and the lead measures the weekly habits that's what we're going to be doing in the deep work blocks we're on to the next section this is setting up the most optimum deep work routine i'm going to walk you through my step-by-step -step routine just listen to it and start to just get ideas of how exactly you could take some parts of my routine and put it into yours. So I've been doing a bit of data collection on this. This is how I've been able to completely optimize my routine. So this is how it begins. I go to sleep at about nine, half nine p.m. and I wake up at about 8 a.m. Immediately, I do some gratitude journaling, literally like one minute worth. I meditate for half an hour. I go downstairs and make coffee and I come back up so I'm completely fasted and I start a 90 minute block of work. So currently I've been writing a story. So I I set a timer to write 90 minutes. Now, on all of this time, since I woke up, since I gratitude journal, I meditated, I made the coffee, I haven't checked my phone once. I literally have not checked my phone once. I think that is so incredibly important. One time I checked my phone to message my clients back and that day I tracked the data of it and my performance in the deep work block was actually like, 25% reduced and I literally only sent like three messages. So now I, I wake up, I don't look at my phone whatsoever. Gratitude journal, meditate, fasted coffee, and I begin to start my deep work of writing. 
Now what I do is I use this little software, you can just easily find one on online or whatever. I use a software which is like a little timer and it just counts down from 90, 90 minutes. And so what I do is for my data collection, which I highly suggest you do as well, you make like a new document for data collection on your deep work. And the purpose of that is then to optimize your routine because you'll have to change a few variables to see what really works. Just before I start the timer, what I do is I note how many words I've currently got and I set myself a goal. So as I'm writing in the 90 minutes, maybe three to five times, I'll look at the goal which I've wrote on the, the timer. So for usually I set the goal for about 3000 words. So I write 3000 words in 90 minutes and I write, you know, exactly how many words I would be on at the end of the timer. And that's like me trying to compete with myself. That in itself is such a huge, huge factor. You can't realize how important that factor is because this factor of, of setting yourself somewhat of a challenge in the 90 minute block, that's invoking Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law is like is a very, very famous, well-known productivity tactic. It just means that when you set yourself a deadline, you will achieve the work in that deadline. So you set yourself a deadline of the 90 minute deep work block and exactly what you wanna achieve in that time. And so I write 3000 words in 90 minutes because I've set the intention to do so. So the 90 minutes goes past, I do a lot of work and my brain feels a little bit fried, but I feel okay to do another block. So what I do is I get up from my desk, I refill my water bottle, I go to the toilet, I do like you no know, five, 10 minutes of like random stuff. And I come back and then do my 90 minutes of the next block. So I only do two blocks a day. The next block, I don't do the same writing, but instead I do, for example, at some kind of business work, I wrote the script for this course and the dopamine detox course. The same thing, so far it'd probably be about 11 a.m. I still haven't checked my phone once. I literally have not checked my phone even once. I've not seen a single email, I've not seen anything. So imagine how present and how focused I currently am. Finally, the second block of deep work finishes. That's a total of three hours that day. I usually finish at about 12 p.m. I update the data collection for the second block and at about 12 p.m and after around three and a half, four and a half hours after I've woken up is the first time I check my phone. That is so important. I literally don't check my phone, not even once, not even one single notification till around three to four hours after I've woken up. Then after my second deep work block, it's my normal day, I go and lift weights, I take my coaching calls, I do the business stuff. So think about everything I just said. You can rewind and just break down exactly what I've said. How exactly could you use this into your normal routine? You probably can't take everything, but what I would say is if possible, your schedule might not allow it, but if possible, if you could do your deep work first thing after waking up, that would be the best case scenario. Some people can't do that because you've got some kind of obligation like your university lecture or some kind of call at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. If possible, we'd like you to wake up relatively early, do at least one block first before you do anything else. Because this way you'd be getting the priority task done before you had to ever look at your work or your studies or your phone. If you can't do that, then just have this mindset that you're gonna be flexibly adding in deep work whenever you can. So you'll go about your normal section. Anytime you realize that you've got roughly 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, you just quickly go and start doing the deep work. So another important part of setting this routine is the shut down ritual. This is something that the author mentions in the book, so I'll walk you through it briefly. We use a shutdown ritual, which is literally just like a checklist of when we wanna end work because we, what we don't want is that American capitalist, oh, I work every day, I don't, need, I don't need breaks, I'll just kill myself. No, we're not doing that. What we want is a very nice work-life balance, which has a clear split at the end of work. If you don't have some kind of ritual or routine to end the workday, what you'll find, especially if you're self-employed or if you're a student, it's kind of like you're on the clock literally all day, every day. And that's not what you want, because it'll seep into your normal life, you'll be thinking about your studies as you go to bed. 
that's not what we want. So the shutdown ritual, I'll just have it on screen as a screenshot. You can write this up on your phone and you literally just have a little bit of a routine where you just kind of do the same things. It's like a checklist you just follow roughly at the same time if possible. So mine actually is quite late because I have to do it after all of my coaching calls. So usually it's about 7 p.m. After I've done it, it's like, it feels like a weight's dropped off and you no longer are the coach. You're no longer the student. You're no longer the businessman. You're just you and now you wants to lie down for example without thinking about work there's one point in the shutdown ritual which is plan for tomorrow that's very very useful and so i'll scroll down the screen right now and so what i do is i just write like a routine checklist for the next day so what i walked you through for this deep block routine is just what i have as a checklist as well and so that's like it like it walks me through the steps but to be honest it was good for the first few days just to kind of remember what to do. But honestly, after like three days, you don't even need to look at it anymore. And if you're wondering, Bolt on this is completely separate. It's literally just like a 20 second breathing exercise that I do. Very, very important section. Now I'm going to teach you how to reduce your distracting environments. Because if you haven't purposely put some intention into reducing these distractions, your environment is messing up your work rate. And you're going to find that just by changing a few things, your work quality and your work rate and what you produce is going to be so much better. The most important change I made that I urge you to do literally right now as you hear me say this is to disable the notifications on your phone. Now you don't, it's not like you completely disable them so you know, so you don't see anything. On iPhone, for example, Android will probably have something similar. You can go into settings and onto notifications and there's a setting for show notification. When you click on that, you can press never and it, all it will do is you'll still get a notification but instead of it showing the person who's messaged you and what their message is or the email and exactly what the email is it literally just says gmail whatsapp youtube and this way when you do see the notification by accident you know out of force of habit you looked at your phone in the morning all you're seeing is youtube you're not seeing like the angry comment from someone all you're seeing is dad you're not seeing your dad's message that he's disowned you because it's what's inside of these messages that like messes up our mind when we're actually trying to focus on some work i highly suggest you go and do this right now whatever your phone setting is disable notifications put them onto something where they don't show. Next is to use the do not disturb feature. iPhones have got this and again, I, Androids and if anyone's got a Windows phone has probably got the same thing. You, on iPhone, you can literally just scroll up and it's like the little crescent moon. You press on that and now you don't actually get any kind of notification that lights up your screen, which again is so entirely important. We want our phone to feel like it's almost switched off when it's actually powered on. Now we wanna do the same thing with our PC because now PCs and some browsers actually do have notifications for emails and we wanna stop all that. Some people, for example, have like their email or some something that would distract them as their home page or some you know it, it's too specific there's too many things that could potentially be happening so this is up to you you've got to think right now on your pc or on your phone is there something that could take your focus away when you didn't want to purposely see it because you might think oh no but purposely i do i do want to see my emails no no, no. you've got t plenty of time to see the emails after your deep work block you've got plenty of time to see the notifications after your deep work block what we don't want is that as you're trying to do your work or before you try to set up your work you get an email and then you think oh I've got to go reply to this and now it's just running in your head and your performance in your work and the quality of your work just goes down so there is a mindset for you right now think of it like this I like to just say it's the pure morning a pure morning without any kind of contamination with anything outside of you so when you wake up by the time you finished your deep work block you'd like to have literally no outside influence to your focus like it, it 
could almost feel like you're in like prison in one of those psychopathic jails where literally it's just you in the jail cell and then you know it's all covered that's that would literally be the ideal scenario for this that would that would be so amazing to be just inside of a box without any kind of internet apart from specifically the internet required to do your deep work task and so with this mindset of keeping the pure morning you've got to start to build this habit of not checking your phone when you first wake up we always do this and you know why there's two reasons one the dopamine and we are dopamine addicts. We are crackheads for this dopamine. And two, it feels productive. When you wake up and you check your email straight away, it's like you're in work mode. And you, you know, if you check, you know, you swipe up the email, or if you reply to one or you reply to a message or for me, I'd wake up and I'd message my coaching client straight away. It felt like I did work. But how, how effective, how valuable was that work that you just did? Compare that to your real deep work task, the lead measure that's actually gonna get you to those beta goals that you're so motivated for. That's our priority. And this isn't to say to not do you know stuff on your phone. As soon as your deep work block is over, go through your phone, reply to all of the messages. And this will actually will save you so much time because in the first few hours of the day, what will happen is that your messages will batch up so this is a technique that Tim Ferriss mentions. What we're, what we're doing is we're replying to our messages and our notifications slower. And so by the time we do take the time to reply to them, they've batched up and we've now got 10 messages instead of just two. And this way you're actually in the flow of things and you reply to all of the emails, all of the messages, all of the notifications so much more efficiently. And finally, part of reducing your distracting environment is to try to reduce or at least move your obligations. So for example, you might wake up and you have to do something with your family. You might have to let the dog out for a poop or something. You might, you know, that's going to be specific to you. Think about right now your specific life situation. What exactly do you have to do in the mornings or you know, at the deep work time. If possible, try and see, okay, can I move it later? Can I first wake up and do it really, really quick? Or if possible, I'd like to just do it three hours after I've woken up. The worst possible scenario is that you begin the deep work and then you get distracted halfway through it. You, you check the messages, you get a call from your family, your dad's knocking on and saying, no, you haven't, you haven't taken the dog out for a walk. You haven't taken the bins out. Worst possible case scenario. Anything like that, try and think, okay, I know for a fact if I don't do this work in the morning, daddy's going to yell at me. So try and think of your own specific tactic to either do it way before or to do it afterwards. So the next section is the scoreboard for accountability. This is what my scoreboard looks like. It's literally just like a tally of how many hours I've done deep work for. It's right there. I literally keep it stuck up on my wall. And every single time I do the 90 minute block, I grab my pink Sharpie and then do like one and a half lines of the tally. In the deep work book, they mentioned that this is actually really, really important. And they say it keep a compelling scoreboard because you know, in self-improvement, accountability is absolutely vital. In fact, I literally made a profitable business just by giving accountability to people. I was making more money than I've ever made just because people wanted me to hold them accountable. Now you can do that yourself for free for the cost of a pink Sharpie and a piece of paper. And so here is what mine looks like. Just recreate it. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a genius to do it. Just recreate it, put the date at the side. And then every single time you do an hour of deep work, just come and add one more to the tally. Now I've got an extra little system for you that will increase your accountability even further. And I highly recommend you do this, even if you feel a little bit disappointed with how many hours you've done every week, or maybe even every single day, if you want the extra accountability, update the tally, take a picture and then send it to my discord server. So if you haven't joined already, you probably have joined. I'll have the link somewhere anyway. On the Discord server, there's a channel for accountability. And so if you post it there, you'll have other people like messaging you about it and you'll be you'll be able to message people and say, oh, can anyone like make sure I post it tomorrow? And, and like three people will just straight away say, yeah, yeah, I will, I will. And I really, really, again, I really suggest 
especially do that if you're unhappy with how many hours you've done especially do that because it's so uncomfortable to admit failure it's so uncomfortable to be accountable when you haven't done as much as you wanted but that is actually when it actually causes you to next week or the next day really really double down on that task that you feel like you missed out on in the discord server you'll be able to find an accountability partner so on the accountability channel you can literally just ask does anyone want to be my partner i'm in whatever time zone we'll message each other you'll be able to find someone who's doing the same thing as you you'll message each other and now you're essentially getting a free self-improvement coach finally for the scoreboard you can see at the bottom that i've wrote down rewards now this might work for you it might not so i wrote down these rewards which are kind of like monetary rewards that i would give to myself after doing a certain amount of hours now straight away that might seem like a good idea to you i wrote it down it seemed like a good idea but then i kind of went off it so i'll be honest even though for example i've done the 15 hours and i'm getting close to the 35 hours i'm not really going to follow this because I don't really want to bribe myself with spending money for the work. And then you can see the lowest one though, that's a really good idea. The lowest one literally just says read morning. And so what I've done is as a reward after two hours of deep work, I then pretty much give myself no guilt to then spend an hour or two reading. So I move the rest of my day, I move the gym a little bit backwards because I just love to read. So that's nice for me because I finished the one deep block and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, it's kind of fatiguing. I could stop, but then I'm like, you know what, if I do one more, Block, I can literally just sit around and read for like an hour afterwards. So I'm just going to do it. You can take this idea and see if it'd work for you. Now we're on to the most important parts of this course, which is the mindsets for success. So we're going to begin with one that's in so, so interesting that the author mentioned, and he said to have a scarcity mindset for your time. It almost seems flipped, right? Because in the red pill, especially we talk about this feeling of abundance. You've got to have an abundant mindset and that's perfect for, for women for the most of your life. But with your time, Having a scarcity mindset, is that is the one time you want to have a scarcity mindset is with your time because you can never get your time back. There's no going back in time. So have a scarcity mindset with your time and really start to think, what are you doing right now? And is it actually valuable? Because the, the big mindset with, because the, the big mindset, the overlying mindset, deep work is that we just want to feel like we're busy. And so we spend most of our time doing shallow tasks that feel important, but actually those shallow tasks don't accomplish much. The shallow tasks are what we do in those days where we feel like we worked all day. You end the day and you just feel fatigued and you're like, I don't feel rested. I didn't have fun. I felt like I did a lot of work, but I'm literally almost not closer to my goals at all. We want to lower that. We want to have a scarcity mindset and think, you know what? My time's too valuable to spend all day emailing or to spend an hour making a logo or to do anything that just seems like a somewhat unimportant task. And so the second mindset, which I know you're gonna like, is to start viewing shallow tasks as instant gratification because that's exactly what they are. You're doing, you know, just, oh, let me write the uh, business plan. Let me go and look for business ideas before I try anything. Now, taking action, doing deep work is the delayed gratification. That's what really fries your brain. And, you know, it, it's really rewarding, but it is difficult. It is fatiguing. Instant gratification, it's, it's kind of easy. You can almost do it like whilst being brain dead. You can do it whilst checking your phone. You can do it whilst jacking off. You're just, you know, pretending to be productive because you just want to feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm working right now. And that's instant gratification that we're trying to reduce. Because another mindset is that when we reduce that, we're actually gonna have more free time to unwind and to relax and to rest. And that rest period is gonna give us better deep work blocks tomorrow. 
And so I want you to start just for a second, almost visualize what your life would be like if you stopped doing almost all of those unimportant tasks and you started to almost entirely just focus your day on the deep work three hours or so. You know now what the deep work tasks are. And so just start to think what would actually happen to your life if you made huge progress in them. That's what we want to be focusing our day on is entirely just on those deep works. We do the deep work with complete focus. When the deep work is over, we almost spend the rest of the day just unwinding, resting and not you know, doing stupid, stupid, unimportant tasks, because that's going to give you more fatigue. What we want is the rest of the day is almost off. It's it's nice and relaxing, guilt-free, without this whole, oh, I'm, I'm hustling, I'm an entrepreneur, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I, I work all day. We don't want that. Because this way, when you recover, tomorrow the deep work is going to be even better. Think for a minute right now what actually the implications of that are. If this deep work block, whatever you're doing in it, imagine how, how higher quality your work could be in those tasks. That's what we're focusing on. Something Tim Ferriss mentions in the four hour work week and the author in this book mentions twice, I believe, is to be okay with minor bad things happening. We as a generation of somewhat young people are not okay with this. We're actually scared of that. And so we're scared of not replying to the email. We're scared of not doing, you know, every little bit of task because oh, something bad would happen. And honestly, I'll be completely honest, something bad will happen. Someone will get annoyed that you didn't message them back. Someone will get annoyed that you didn't email. So some online system might, you know, whatever it is, some bad things would happen. But I want you to think what happens when you sacrifice those small bad things. So you said, okay, you know what? Small bad things are going to happen to me because I'm just not going to do the unimportant tasks. Well, now you're doing more quality work in the important tasks. So imagine this analogy that the author in this book says, imagine you're an author, you're writing a, a really, really important book. The author's deep work task is, of course, to literally just write the book, to write the words right well they could then at the end of the day for three hours start replying to every single person on twitter and email would they get a benefit to that yeah yeah 100 they would but think about if they didn't reply to a single one small bad things would happen a few people would message them and get you know slightly annoyed that are oh, the the author the famous author didn't reply to my tweets that's it. But what's going to happen is the author is going to have such a huge, almost invisible benefit that he, since they're not wasting their time with all of this BS, they're now better recovered. They spent the rest of the day off in nature, going for walks instead of just glued to their phone. Tomorrow, he's going to wake up and be even better at writing. Something to remember is the phrase attention residue. That's what you experience when you, you switch tasks. And you've probably, if you've ever looked into some kind of productivity video or course, you've heard this type of stuff before. When switching tasks or multitasking, asking does not work. And you're probably thinking, no, no, you know, I hear that advice, but it, it does though, because I, I can multitask. I'm, I'm in the kitchen, I'm making something and I'm doing something on my phone. And the thing is you can multitask shallow tasks. And you should, honestly, you should actually. If there's any shallow task that you have to do, you can multitask it. Let's say a shallow task for me right now would be to upload a video, right? It doesn't, that uploading a video doesn't take my brain power. Well, I can upload a video and as it's uploaded, I can also go and reply to an email. I can go and change like a few, the logo on my website. I can do two things at once. And while I do all these, maybe as I'm clicking on the, the upload for my logo on my website, I can take my phone and quickly reply, send a message to a coaching client. You can multitask shallow tasks, no problem, and you probably should, but it's the deep tasks that you cannot multitask. And the reason why, let's use the author's analogy again, he's 25 minutes into writing the book, he's feeling it good. Multitasking for him would be as he's writing, he grabs his phone to send someone else a message. He quickly checks an email. He goes and speaks to his wife for five minutes. That would leave him with what's called attention residue, where, just put it this way, that his brain cells have been left all over the place. We want all of our brain cells, because we don't really have that many, we want all of our brain cells just focus on the one task. 
Because as soon as you grab your phone, as soon as you message someone, as soon as you go and speak to your family in the first hour, two hours of the morning, your brain cells are all over the place. One thing I mentioned before was batching, and batching is so, so good for the shallow task. If you've read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, these two books are really, really similar, so that's why I'm bringing both of them together. Batching is literally where, instead of replying to, let's say, the emails, instead of replying to an email as soon as you get it, you actually wait almost the entire day so you know you got the email at nine so you got the email at nine a.m. but you don't even reply to it, you don't even check it till about one PM. And the reason why is because by one PM you've probably got another three emails already. And so now you've batched this group of emails so that when you do go onto the email, you're able to send one quickly, go on to the next one, onto the next, onto the next. A good analogy of batching is to ask you this question, would you wash just one, one piece of clothing at a time? Let's say I got this dirty, the washing machine is empty. Would I throw just this in and then turn it on? Obviously not. What you'd do is you'd put this at the side, you'd wait till you got like 10 other dirty clothes and then you put them all in together. Because when you batch it, you just save so much time. You may as well do it all together rather than separately 10 times throughout the day. So take a second right now, what shallow task could you batch? Messages, notifications on your phone, definitely, but you've got some specific to your life situation. What could you batch? Another mindset is the grand gesture. I haven't personally used this, but you might be able to quicker than I could. So the story he gives is JK Rowling, the author of Harry Potter. She was struggling with writing the last book. And so what she did was she started booking a 1000 pound a night, a five star hotel almost every day and she'd work there. That's the grand gesture. When, when you've done something so big, you're just inevitably going to do it. For example, another one is the grand gesture used to be guys when they'd book my self-improvement coaching. They'd been struggling with self-improvement, so they'd pay quite a lot of money and that's their grand gesture. That's their like, no, 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 I'm fed up. I'm gonna pay this guy hundreds of dollars, hundreds of pounds, and he's gonna help me. And just because they've done this big grand gesture, it's like instantly their adherence to the plan, that their, their focus onto self-improvement just skyrocketed. So think about what is some kind of grand gesture that you could do to improve your deep work. Now, the idea I had using my deep work scoreboard was that once I hit a certain number of hours, 35 hours I've got here, I would book an Airbnb. So I'd go and take a trip somewhere for one or two nights with my laptop and go and do just like relentless deep work. Another thing to keep in mind is that the authors say that deep work is capped to roughly four hours max per day. And so I want you to know right now, your ego's too big. Your ego's far too big. Most people would start to think, oh no, I can I can work eight hours a day. I can work 12 hours a day. No, you can't. You can do shallow tasks for 12 hours a day. Yeah, no problem. But you're not getting achievement from that apart from just the social validation to tell people that you work 12 hours a day. Now, by the end of this course, you know, we don't care about shallow tasks. We don't care about telling people how much we do. We only care about producing some quality, meaningful, impactful work. And so the authors themselves have said through their studies, four hours seems to be the max and linking with the next mindset that I've wrote down this is a skill. This is literally a skill. And so you are a low level at this skill. I'm a low level at this skill. Maybe I'm like three levels higher than you right now. Four hours a day for us is probably way too hard. Now I found a little bit of a tactic that they didn't explain too much is that I think you might be able to increase this time if you do it on completely separate activities and tasks. So let's say this author analogy, the author's main task, the deep work task is to write. Now an author who's been practicing deep work could probably write for a solid four hours and get a lot done, right? Well, they might be able to add another deep work, maybe even another block, if the block then, the task was something completely different. So instead of 
writing for their book, the next task they were doing was recording YouTube videos, for example. Because you, you could imagine this right now, you could work for four hours writing the book, being really, really you know focused and you're feeling fatigued and sweaty at the end of it. But like three hours later, for an hour, you could record an entire video like this, couldn't you? Even though you wrote like 6,000 words, it's possible. So it's something to keep in mind. Branching off from the previous mindset that this is a skill, is a very, very important part that I preach on my channel, positive reinforcement. You've got to reinforce yourself. You've got to praise yourself. You've got to almost force the words in your mind to say, oh, you did 19 minutes of work today. I am proud. I feel so good about that. This is so important. I know it seems cringy, especially to like men who, you know, I'm a big masculine alpha male. I don't say nice things about myself. That's just your ego. Forget all of that. Start thinking that every single block of deep work that you do is progress. Every single time, for example, that I finish the 19 minutes, I literally stand up with this, I write it down. I'm like, yes, good job. Because now I want to say that again to myself later. So before you know it, I've literally just done another 90 minutes because it makes you crave that praise that you give to yourself. So that's something to keep in mind. That's something to start thinking. I've got to start to praise myself. I've got to start to positively reinforce myself for these good habits. And finally, the last mindset of this entire course is to have a hard budget for shallow tasks. In a very, very simple way, just work up until a certain time per day. So you'll do the deep work, hopefully first thing in the morning or whenever you can fit it in. And then you're gonna have a strong cutoff on, maybe you'll have to change because of you know your obligations, but each and every day we'll have a strong cutoff with no more work. And so at a certain time, you will do the shutdown ritual and you will do it even if you feel like, you know, oh, some minor bad thing might happen because in two hours time, I could have done something else. Remember the earlier mindset, be okay with bad things happening. You're gonna have a hard budget for shallow tasks. You're gonna do the deep work as much as you can, probably 90 minutes or three hours or four hours. After that, you're gonna have to do some kind of shallow tasks. Sometimes the shallow tasks are absolutely necessary. Like for me, uploading a video, for example, it's a shallow task that I absolutely have to do. So you're gonna do that, but after a certain time you're going to have a very very clear shut off period that you don't do any amount of work follow the shutdown ritual and try and set that and this the real real benefit of this is that then you start getting that work-life balance that i mentioned that that work stops at 6 p.m 7 p.m for the couple hours that you've got left you're not in work mode you're not thinking oh you know i, I could upload the video today i could do the email just now before i go to sleep if you do that it seems you know it's that shallow task mindset like oh you know it's not too bad it's only going to take me a minute to upload the video or to do the email but then what's going to happen is as you rest in, as you get into bed, you're going to remember the email. Your mind's going to be a little bit messed up because, you know, the attention residues went into work instead of focusing on getting you unwinded and rested for bed. You're done with the course. Well done for reaching this far. I want to remind you that I personally believe that deep work is one of the most important skills right now. One of the most important skills. It's the reason for my success that you've seen. It's the reason for my insane level of productivity as a former retard who just used to do barely even the shallow tasks per day. Now I'm actually doing a couple hours of the deep work every single day, achieving more than I've ever done in my life. The same can be said for you. You know how important it is. What I'd suggest is you start taking action on it immediately. You start just knowing for a fact that it's not gonna be perfect. Remember we said it's a skill, it's not gonna be perfect. Start taking action and really start focusing on that data collection that I spoke about in the routine part of this course. Start collecting that data and trying to optimize the routine to better fit your life. Two more things, I highly, highly suggest you follow the accountability, you, you stick up the scoreboard onto your wall because when it's up there, you don't want it to look bad. When it's literally in your face all day, every day, you 
actually like you can't avoid it so you want to start doing the bits for it you want to start getting the tally for it when it's looking good or even when it's not looking good take a picture send it to the discord and you're going to have a free accountability partner which is very very powerful finally i highly suggest as time goes on a couple days maybe weeks maybe months maybe even just later today just slightly do a little bit of recapping on the mindsets for success part just before this conclusion because i said a bunch of mindsets the reason for that was that you know i can i can tell you all the mindsets but you'll probably only be able to appreciate one or two of them right now and you'll find that as you go and try and do your deep work blocks if you come back to the mindset and you hear me say something that you know you previously heard just suddenly because you've been actually taking action you'll be able to appreciate a few more of the mindsets and it'll be able to like boost you up and increase your adherence to the deep work again i really really hope that this has helped you because it, it this has been such an insane difference for me and you already know my story you know that i'm literally like a dumbass attitude i'm not used to doing work but because of this idea of deep work i've been able to achieve quite a lot and i really really wish that for you so i hope that you found some great value in this and i hope that you start taking action immediately i've got one more thing to say to you do the hard work especially when you don't feel like it ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 